Hello and welcome to Moa Muse. My name is Robert Benitez, the curator and supervisor of the Lancaster Museum of Art and History. Uh, today, I'm here with uh, Bishop Henry Hearns, Nigel Hawley, and India Schmidt. We're here to talk about Justice Sunday. Uh, Justice Sunday is an event that's coming up in January 2024. It will be held on J Sunday, January 14th, 2024, right here at downtown Lancaster and at the Lancaster Performing Arts Center. So why don't we go ahead and get started uh, with sort of an overview and history of Justice Sunday. Bishop Hearns, why don't you give us a little bit of history and uh, background on the event, how it came to be, how long it's been in operation? Okay, very good. Um, let me run back uh, past 2000, back into the to the 1900 area, and uh, when Dr. Martin Luther King was assassinated, we uh, did the very first um, uh, celebration or memorial right here on 10th Street West at the Methodist Church, the big Methodist Church mm -hmm. there, and that's where we did the very first one, and uh, got in, tied up with a young lady by the name of Addie Richburg. Um, and Addie um, worked with the prison system, and I worked with her. We developed choirs and all that kind of thing that did whatever we could do to commemorate Dr. Martin Luther King. Well, then she moved to uh, Washington, D.C. and got married to a guy after she got there that uh, really had a, a desire to do something very special and not only recognizing Dr. Martin Luther King, but recognizing the fact of what he really died for, and that was justice for all. Mm -hmm. And then in 2000, the year of 2000, we actually organized that in uh, Washington, D.C., and then we brought it here. We brought it out at Edwards Air Force Base. We brought it to the churches and the schools right here uh, in the Antelope Valley. And then finally, and, and of course, this was done basically with us older guys and ladies. And uh, I can't remember how long that was, uh, Nigel, that you and I was talking and we switched that thing over to to you, to the young people. Was that probably six, seven years ago or so? I, I believe we had the original conversation in 2015. What? And we rolled it out in 2016. Okay. Okay. And so that's how, so us doing it, the older people and school teachers and all the people who had knowledge of the work uh, that Dr. Martin Luther King did uh, in, in, his, in his lifetime, all the stuff that he did in, in Memphis, and, and of course, the I Have a Dream speech and all of that, we did all of that. And so I got to thinking, man, this is great. But the young people that's coming along, they don't know anything about this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They've heard it, but they don't know anything about it. So uh, I knew that uh, Mr. Holly was uh, working with the young people here in the school system through the city and so forth. And uh, he and I have always somehow they, 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 the Lord put us together some years ago, even in our church. And we were talking about it. And I said, well, why don't you all see what you can do to, to help us to put this together? And, that, and as he just told you, about 2015, mm -hmm. when mm -hmm. we uh, started talking about that, and we took the Antelope Valley High School where he was working, and now, of course, it's 
all of the high school. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, and then he can tell you about the rest of it in uh, India. They can yeah. tell you about what, what went down. <laughs> Thank you so much, Bishop Hearns. Uh, yeah, Nigel, why don't you give us sort of an overview of sort of uh, what, what you've come on to in 2015, an overview of Justice Sunday, um, how the event has changed uh, and, and the time that you've been involved. Absolutely. Uh, well, Bishop Hearns, uh, he, he speaks about it so sweetly uh, and he articulates it well, but he doesn't tell the one part of the story I think is very interesting and, and more matter of fact. E. Fallon told me to be involved <laughs> with Justice Sunday. So so I didn't have a lot of option in it. He said, well, you're going to do it. And, and I said, yes, well, I guess I'm going to do it. Yeah. Um, and so we were able to take uh, some ideas of just how, some ideas on how to share African-American history in particular and also to further uh, Dr. King's mission back to some high school students at Antelope Valley High School where we were working with some other programs there. Um, and when we took that back, we met with some students and we kind of talked uh, with the students sort of in a round table style way and asked them, hey, do you want to do this? And the students not really understanding the full gravity of what they were saying yes to, we were like, yeah, we'll do it. <laughs> and so we uh, started to just work with them. And what transpired was organic. It wasn't. It, was. it wasn't contrived. It wasn't created. It was just this organic growth. Uh, we had nine kids, and we wanted to tell the story of history, a timeline of African American history from the the shores of Africa, more specifically, Western Africa, Ghana, uh, and walk the community from the shores of Ghana to present day mm-hmm. um, America. And so we had the kids begin to write monologues, one-page monologues, mm-hmm. on a specific point in time. And in those monologues, we began to see the connections between the monologues. And we said, well, what if we just have each monologue hand itself off to the person who follows with their monologue? So versus, instead of just, hey... We call you up, you give your monologue, and then we call the next person up and they give their monologue. How about the person that's given the monologue begin to speak to the per- person that's going to follow them up mm. um, with their monologue? Uh, and in that, it created a more theatrical production Um uh, you started to see the drama take place and then kids being kids and me being how I was at the time, very open to allow the kids to express themselves. It turned into a makeshift play. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the following year we said, well, that formula seemed to work pretty good. Let's try that again. And so those nine kids uh, came back and then we picked up kids from another high school that wanted to participate. And so now we went from the original nine kids to and one high school to two high schools. Uh, and kids being kids and me being kind of the way I was, we kind of were like, well, let's give it another shot at turning it into an actual play instead of just stitching together monologues. Mm. And so that's what we did. We started to be, lean more into the artistic piece of it. Uh, and then that artistic piece 
continue to grow. And so then the following year, India Smith, who was our current Justice Sunday alumni president, her brother joined us. Uh, and now we're no longer at two schools, but now we're at four schools. Wow. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. And, and, and it just kind of continued to go in that direction and the talent continued to increase. And we started to really give more and more agency to the youth. And as we started to give more and more agency to the youth, it became more and more creative, more and more artistic. And so I'm going to let you, I'm going to let India kind of speak to some of the artistic things that started to take place from there with them creating their own music and creating all these other pieces of a production. And then I'll come back and talk to you a little bit more about some of the other growth that has transpired. Yeah. India, I'd love to hear what your perspective was as a student participating in Justice Sunday and now as a leader of the event. What has that experience been like for you? Gosh, my first year in Justice Sunday, I was a sophomore in high school. It was the COVID year and I had one semester of high school theater under my belt. And I was nervous, don't know how I ended up there, but I was convinced. And even writing on Google Meet every day, um, listening to Nigel at 10 a.m. when I would rather be asleep, talk about, we're going to do this, and we're going to do this, you're going to write this. And I'm sitting here like, I have never written a script in my life. But you know what? <laughs> we'll see what happens. Um, and getting to collaborate with people I had never met, people I had known for years, and figure out how to write that script, only talking to each other over a Google Meet was probably one of the coolest things I've ever done. Mm -hmm. um, and we got to sit there and live edit on the document together and share ideas. And even if none of us had any idea what we were doing, Nigel would come back and check on us and we'd read through it. And either it made perfect sense and we were going in a good direction, or we'd put a pin in whatever we were doing and we'd take a different approach. But it was really about having other people to collaborate with. Mm -hmm. And... Then when we got to come back in person the following year, I had graduated from high school. And at that point, I had taken on a sort of leadership role in the alumni um, and getting to meet all these new kids coming in on with these fresh ideas who were so excited. Um, they were coming in. We, that year, we covered how Juneteenth came to be. Mm -hmm. So we wrote it in the format of... Um, the journey from the the two years of emancipating slavery and the mm -hmm. Emancipation Proclamation um, through the eyes of a family that was separated mm -hmm. when slavery was first emancipated. And we follow a father and son visiting every every state, almost announcing that they're free on his journey back to be reunited with his wife and daughter who hadn't yet heard the news. Um, and as many times as I'd, as I'd heard the story, telling it through the eyes of this family gives it a new perspective because it reminds you that these are real people. Re real people experienced this. It was, it's not just history that you learn. You sit in class and learn about mm -hmm. every once in a while. Um, so it really it added that extra emotional element. And then to see the kids so invested in telling the story right. It was, for them, it wasn't just, we're going to write a, write a play over winter break and we're going to perform it. They were committed to telling the story the way it deserved to be told and sharing the history accurately. 
which I don't think you see in a lot of kids and teenagers. Mm-hmm. Um, if something's fun, they'll do it. But the kids that come to Justice Sunday, they bring creativity to telling real stories. And it's a beautiful thing. How has this creative process sort of grown over over the years? I know this is you know this has happened over a number of years. How has that creative process been refined or developed? Uh, I know it seems like a collaboration between you know uh, the adults and the students, but maybe we can speak to that process a little bit. Yeah, I'll I'll start off and 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 they can jump in and correct me because I tend to make mistakes here and there. <laughs> um, All right. The uh, the process was very interesting. I never was a, 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 a play writer. And so I I say it this way. We stumbled forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, and something that if I say the first couple of words, India can complete it. I always say trust the process. Process. So and what that means is, is that uh, we have over these years created a strategy to bring <clears throat> 50 students together, 50 different minds, 50 different perspectives, 50 50 different ideas together and slowly condense it down to one concise story. Mm -hmm. So to answer your question, how did it grow? How did we get here? Well, it started with those original nine kids and the story that I told about stitching together monologues. Um, And year over year, because of what the experience offered the youth, it, it it empowered the youth for one, but then it also charged them with the command to go out and tell other youth. Mm-hmm. And so year over year over year, we would devil in schools, we would devil in reach of the, 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 the young adults and the youth that are in our community. And then something magical took place. The youth that went through the program started to come back mm-hmm. to teach the kids that came behind them. And so that lineage of mentorship just began to take on its own life. Mm-hmm. So the way I met Bishop Hearns over 20 years ago, and he, oh, well, 25 years, I think, almost now, but um, he started mentoring me when I was only a few years older than what India is now. And he invested in me. Um, and so I took everything that he taught me and I started to teach it to the kids that I had an opportunity to work with. And then those kids have multiplied it and they're teaching it to the kids that they have an opportunity to work with. So how do they grow? It grew organically. The kids took what they learned and then they took it to the kids that were coming behind them mm-hmm. and started to give it to them. And so that's why it just continues to grow. But we start to also capture the attention of the nation. Yes. So the people in Washington, D.C., who originally had started this with Bishop Hearn, started to see that Antelope Valley is doing things differently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so now they said, well, we want you to teach us and show us how is it that you guys have this, this legacy that you're creating where Bishop Hearns can teach one and then you can teach two and then two can teach four and then yeah. four can teach you see what I'm saying? And, and, and compound that that connection. Um, but then it also started to take a life of its own here, right in the Antelope Valley. So we went from the one play once a year at the LPAC to two plays, one at the LPAC, one at the Palmdale Playhouse, to last year a street festival 
to this year a bigger street festival mm-hmm. um, where we had an opportunity to meet you. Uh, where now, for the first year, we're going to do an outdoor exhibit. Mm-hmm. And so it's one of those things where there's this magic that takes place when you get a synergy going amongst the community to where you can have the elders talk to the youth and everyone supports it through the resources of our city, through the resources of our community-based organizations, through the resources. And people want that change. They want to connect to something that's real. So as India said, they tell a true story, mm-hmm. but from the eyes of kids, from the eyes of babes, right? Mm-hmm. And, but they tell the truth and and people connect to that. Um, so like India, you want to add to that or Bishop, would you like that? Yes, I'd like to add just one thing and then, then you can go and go from there. I, I don't remember which what, what the title of the play was, but this little white girl who was playing the the uh the slave driver and and was beating on the black mm-hmm. and then when it was all over when it was all done when the play was done, she wanted to have a little word to say to the whole crowd, and she says, "I did this because I want people to understand what what really happened mm-hmm. He said, but my heart was not in there. Mm-hmm. And and every time I tell it, I, I still feel tears welling up in my eyes to think that our little heart was in this mm-hmm. to really tell the story so that people can make the changes in their life to help others to be changed as well. So the kids, through the leadership of, of uh, Mr. Harley and now uh, India and others that are, are doing the leadership, are taking this thing and making it, as she just told earlier, making it real. Mm-hmm. Making, and I'm looking forward to the one that's coming up this year. Yeah, I have a uh, question. I know we talked about themes in the past, but what is the theme for Justice Sunday uh, this year? This year's theme is revisiting Black Wall Street and the Tulsa Race Massacre. So over there, when you break, the kids will get together and they'll research the events of what was really just a 24-hour period Um from how this city in Tulsa, or this town, this street in Tulsa went from thriving businesses and homes and families to being burned to the ground overnight almost. Um, and they'll tell that story through the eyes of the young man, Dick Rowland, who was accused of assault, and the young woman, Sarah Page, who accused him in the elevator of a building that day and how something so small turned into what is now one of the most historical events in Black history and in history overall. And then the title of it? The title, We Went With Enticed, A Dream Deferred. Yes. To to represent how this thriving city could have been something so great, and it was something so great, and was taken away so quickly. Yeah. India, what kind of lessons do you hope that people would take away from that story, the story of Black Wall Street? Above all, I want to really get across that small things can have large impact Mm. because I've been reading a lot, a lot of history the last couple of weeks, getting ready to to lead our research team. And for something so small or what would seem so small is tripping Mm. into an elevator 
which is what happened. Something as small as tripping onto an elevator spiraled so quickly into a bombing and a massacre of hundreds of people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's there's five tenets to Justice Sunday that all the kids need to walk away with. Um, and that's the piece, the leadership piece, the mentoring piece that we give them. But then in giving them those five tenets that India could speak to, uh, we want to give the community a sense of understanding and resolve to say, hey, we in the Antelope Valley understand our history and we mm-hmm. embrace it. We don't run away from our history. We don't try to change it. We don't try to water it down. We embrace this history. And in turn, we celebrate this history so that we know that it will never repeat itself again. And that is the ultimate goal. We must teach. We must learn. We must be educated on it so that we can, without a shadow of a doubt, never allow it to happen again. Again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we do have... Uh, I would like for India to just kind of talk a little bit about what we pour into the youth and the things that the youth walk away with. So our five tenants are, re- I'll talk a little bit about each one, researching. Um, it's exactly what it sounds like. We bring in the kids and we teach them how to do accurate research from credible sources and share accurate information, accurate unbiased information, because you get a lot of that in research you get a bias depending on what source you're reading from. So we teach them how to do accurate, unbiased research and how to apply that research. Um, Our next tenant is writing. So how do we take what we learned and we put it into a story? How do we write it so that we don't lose the value of what we just learned and we're teaching it in a palatable way that can be shared with a broad audience? Leadership we give the kids an opportunity to take on leadership roles in the program where maybe we have a kid with previous theater experience, maybe they're in their theater program at their high school, and they're really confident in leading uh, a group And once they start getting through their writing into blocking out their scene and working out their characters. So we give that kid an opportunity to lead that group. And we might have a kid who is really strong in writing. One of our 2023 graduates. She was a quiet, quiet kid, but um, she was a really strong writer and she got the opportunity to take lead on writing and reviewing our entire script. So any changes that were made, they the kids knew they would go to Val. We have this idea, let's talk it out with Val. Our kids get to lead our all of our lighting and sound cues with the LPAC staff. Uh, we take a kid every year who gets to literally wear the headset and communicate directly with the LPAC staff for all of our lighting cues. At the Palmdale Playhouse, a kid gets to sit in the tech booth with the staff and get to experience what it's like to lead and run the play that they worked on for mm-hmm. few weeks. Research, writing, public speaking. Public speaking. Um, they don't only write the play, they also perform it. And we have kids who get to speak after on their experiences we take our kids to City Hall, to a city council meeting every year, and they get to share with the community and with councilmen and Mayor Rx Paris of all the things that they've taken away from the experience. And that's all in their own words, and we just give them the skills to effectively communicate that. 
research, writing, public speaking, leadership, and networking. Um, we teach them how to make those connections. So when we take them to the city council meeting, we introduce them to community members, to public officials, so that they can form those connections. We've had councilmen write letters of recommendation for scholarships for our kids in the past. Um, we write letters of recommendation, but we form those connections so that they can make and form professional relationships from a young age that they can carry on into their college and careers and in their adult lives. And those skills, they when they do go to college, they utilize them. And then they send us communications on, oh, hey, this is what I learned. And, and through being a part of the Justice Sunday program, I had an opportunity to network with, with famous people. One, one person always comes to mind because I always enjoyed his movies as a kid. I don't know if he's popular anymore, but one of our students had a chance to uh, go to New York and because she became a student at NYU and had a chance to just network and, and spend time with Spike Lee. And he, these are the things that they're doing. We're sending kids to colleges all across the country. The kids who participate in this program have a 92 success rate of doing some form of higher education. Mm-hmm. So it's an, it's an investment into our community. And a lot of these kids are coming back and starting to give back to the community through mentoring the, same, the kids who go to the same high schools that they went to that are going through some of the same struggles and trials that they're going through. And so this is a ongoing investment. So uh, that's what anyone who comes out to the festival on January 14th, um, and I don't know if we said this, but the festival starts at 11 a.m. on Lancaster Boulevard, January 14th, and it's followed by the student-written and led play um, Enticed a Dream Deferred at 4 p.m. at uh, the Lancaster Playhouse. Um, doors open at 3.15. Lancaster Performing Arts. La- Lancaster Performing Arts Center, okay. correct. And, uh, and the doors open at 3.15, and there's an encore presentation at the Palmdale Playhouse on January 20th and at 4 p.m. So we just we wanted to just share the story, um, and it's the hopes that we can have some of the kids come in and talk to you guys over the course of the year of some of the other things that they're doing because of this program. Um, we we make sure that we keep them busy for the entire year mm-hmm. um, to give them as much as we possibly can so that they can go on and be the best representation of this Antelope Valley as possible, and yeah. more particularly our students here in Lancaster. Yeah, I think Justice Sunday is a, a really wonderful program. I think it's so necessary to the Antelope Valley. And I'm just wondering if maybe quickly each of you can mention sort of what do you think a program like Justice Sunday has, the, the impact that it has on the larger Antelope Valley community? What, why, is, why is it important? Why are we doing it? Um, so specifically here in the Antelope Valley of all places. I would say that one of the things that, that that I see in my heart and that I'd like to see, in, and that is that history come alive. Mm-hmm. History comes alive through the life of kids who have never even close to Martin Luther King. I, I when I was a youngster in, in, in college at Tennessee State, I got a chance to shake hands with him and so on when he came through there. But history comes alive, that's one. The other thing is, is that 
as uh, 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 Nigel just mentioned, that he wanted to make sure that that the kids get what they need out of it, not only to tell the story, but to continue in their lives. And then I think the last thing is, that, as far as I'm concerned, have the community to recognize, yes, it was bad. But now we're on our way to good mm -hmm. because we never intend to go back. Yeah, absolutely. And so that's, that's my feeling. Have it to come alive, have it to be to bring the community, including our public officials and everybody, to know that we if there's no limit on what we can do if we work together. Absolutely. Nigel? The, the that there is a, a bridge to be built. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um and there's a wall to be torn down. Mm. Yeah. And some of us who are a little older and a little more experienced have become jaded. Mm. So I want the community to understand that it's imperative that our next generation does not carry those biases into their lives where they would pass them on to the generation that comes behind them. So I want the community to walk away with that we have figured out a way to work with our youth to start tearing down the wall of separation, discrimination, and hate, and take those same bricks that they took off that wall that they tore down to build a bridge to connect our community back together. I want them to walk away with that understanding that it's time for a change. America doesn't need to do business as usual anymore. Mm -hmm. Nope. Because it ain't the same America anymore. Mm -hmm. India? My biggest thing is just reminding the community, the general public, that this generation is very capable overall, but capable of doing good things. A lot of people look at us and they say us because I'm only two years older than our current seniors, so I, I'm right there with them. Um, so many people look at us and they see so much negative of why are we the way that we are. But having spent half of our high school time in locked up at home, we kind of sat there and that was all we had to hear, mm -hmm. that we couldn't do something or that we weren't going to be something. So it's, it's a personal goal of mine every year to remind these kids that just because they've never done something doesn't mean they can't or they shouldn't. Mm -hmm. And they're very capable of doing something, even if it's for the first time. I just met a few girls today at night high school who were nervous about signing up for Justice Sunday because they've never done theater. Mm -hmm. And I just kept telling them, well, we have kids all the time who've never stepped on the stage in their life. They've never touched a script. They've never spoken in front of a crowd, but they come in and they do it just because why not? So that's, that's the goal. Do something just because you can. That's great, India. Thank you. Very good. Before we finish up, any final thoughts? Uh, we want to thank you guys over here at the studio for bringing us out. Um, and uh, it's been a very pleasurable experience. Um, we definitely want the community to come out and support our youth, and we want the community to come out and support our community because ultimately everything that we're doing is for our community to be the best, best version of itself. Mm -hmm. uh, so in my final thoughts, I just want to say thank you to you, Robert. Thank you to your team. Um, thank you to the MOA Museum. Uh, and to our community, we're going to thank you in advance for showing up for our kids. Thank you. Bishop Ditto. Ditto.
Great. <laughs> Absolutely. We really appreciate what you guys have done, and this is this is going to make a difference, far more difference than what you may even know. Andy, any final thoughts? This was really cool. Great. Great, great, great. Well, thank you, Bishop Hearns. Thank you, Nigel Hawley. Thank you, India, for being here. This has been Robert Benitez with Moa Muse. Uh, this program was recorded at Studio 606 in beautiful downtown Lancaster.